As we get into our gospel reading today, we are going to hear another parable. And this parable is part of a larger section that talks about being prepared for that day when Jesus will come to earth again and make all things well. So this parable looks ahead to that. But it also begins saying that the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, if you remember the last several weeks, we've been talking about parables that talk about the kingdom of heaven. And when you hear that phrase kingdom, in the original language of the scripture, it means the ruling activity of God. So it's not just about the end, but it's also about God's activity that starts in Jesus Christ, that is present in Jesus Christ, and is continuing on today. So as we hear this parable, I invite us to not only think about it preparing us for that day when Jesus will come, but also about helping us keep awake for all the ways Jesus meets us each and every day. So the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 25th chapter. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. And I was thinking to myself, these are not good odds, right? When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. And then Jesus said, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. I think it's kind of interesting that Jesus ends this parable with the words, Keep awake in a story where everyone but the bridegroom has fallen asleep. It's also a little confusing to kind of get everything that's going on here. We hear all throughout our scriptures promises that in the kingdom of God, there is plenty, there is enough, there's an abundance, and so we can give generously. We're also told again and again to not just care for ourselves, but to show love for the neighbor. And then we have the wise bridesmaids who get into the wedding banquet who won't share because they say there's not enough. And then right when the bridegroom's coming, they send the other ones to go out shopping. And it seems a little unfair that the bridegroom would turn away half the bridesmaids, who even though they weren't there right at the right moment, had been waiting for him all along. There's a lot in this parable that seems not so fair. And yet maybe it does speak some truth into our lives that we tend to ignore. Debbie Thomas is someone who writes about the passages, and she wrote about this one once. And she wrote, sometimes doors in our lives do close. She writes, I don't like the fact that the groom closes his doors. I don't like the fact that the story leaves five women out in the cold. But whether I like these things or not, they happen. Chances fade. Time runs out. We know this. We experience it regularly. We don't like it, but we pretend it's not true. We keep thinking, well, I'll get to it eventually. There's still time left. But she says, what if there isn't? What if this parable is telling us to be alert now, awake now, active now, not to put it off? 
And I think that can sound a little overwhelming, especially if what you have right now feels like way too much to manage right now. And yet there's some truth to it. I think back to several years ago, we were living in Pennsylvania, and I had my boys draw a card for my grandma, for their great-grandma, on Mother's Day. And they drew this awesome picture, and one of them was kind of funny, and I was excited for her to see the card. But sending cards, getting them actually addressed, is not one of my strengths. It tends to get put on the back burner for things that seem more important. So July came, and we were going to go visit her, and I still had the card. And about a week before we were going to go see her, she became sick, and she died. And while I mailed the card right away when I heard she got sick, she did get it. And my family read it to her and described the pictures, and I believe they said she even smiled. I still regretted that she didn't experience the love in that card two months before. And I'm at peace with it now, and it's a small thing. But I think it points to how we delay what is of value or important, because we think we have more time, or other stuff keeps getting in the way. And not just talking about life, but about the opportunities that are presented before us. Debbie Thomas goes on to write, it's the opportunity to mend the friendship, break the habit, write the check, heal the wound, confront the injustice, release the bitterness. These opportunities close down. The door closes. What if this parable is inviting us to remember that tomorrow, if it comes, will be its own gift? Don't presume that it belongs to you. Do what is holy and necessary now. Jesus calls us to keep awake for that day when he will come again and bring all things to goodness and wholeness. But the only way we prepare for that is by being prepared and keeping awake for all the ways Jesus meets us today and every day. This past week, Pastor Eric and I set aside some time to do some planning, preparing for ministry in the upcoming months. And we started wondering, what is it that's needed right now? What do people need? And one thing that I think he put so well is he said, people, including us, people need to find some rhythm of rest. We need to find some rhythm of rest. We're in a culture that promotes busyness and so many commitments. Like the more commitments you have and the more you can manage, it's like kind of the better you are, right? And then we have news at our fingertips on our phones all the time, or 24-hour news programs that keep pushing information our way. And so how do we, in the midst of that noise and busyness, how do we create rhythms of rest, which give us time to reflect on what is really important, on what has value? I struggle with that in my own life, and I think it might start with just setting aside some time to really reflect on what's important. Like what if all of us this week took 30 minutes, maybe 15 here or there, took just 30 minutes and set aside some time to reflect on what is truly important to you. What are your core values? What does Jesus value? And then are we living them? Right? If I value family, spending time with family and keeping in touch, then I send that letter. Then I'm living that core value more fully. Or if a core value we have is helping others, but there's never space to do that, then we're not living that core value. So what are ways we are keeping awake to Jesus' work in our lives? Now, some of you have probably heard this before, but I think one tip that I once heard 
is, you know, we write our appointments on the calendar, we write our meetings on the calendar, and we keep those, hopefully we keep them. But what about writing prayer, or exercise, or worship, or calling that friend who needs support this week? What if we wrote those things on the calendar and kept them as important as all the appointments and meetings we have? It might help us more fully live our core values, live what Jesus calls us to. Now, if we look back at the parable of these bridesmaids, when I look at the wise ones and their characteristics, I feel pretty good about myself. They are preparers. I'm a preparer. If I would have been going to the wedding banquet that day, I would have had on my to-do list, bring extra oil. Now, I might stress myself out and everyone else out around me, but I am going to be prepared. So I feel pretty good when I see those bridesmaids. But then the story goes on. Yeah, the foolish bridesmaids, they run out of oil. When the bridegroom comes, their lamps go out. But it's at this moment in the story that I wonder if both sets of bridesmaids, if 100% of them get it wrong. It seems the wise bridesmaids give some pretty unwise advice. Right when the bridegroom comes, they send the foolish ones away to get more oil. Go shopping. All of them become so focused on the oil and keeping their lamps lit, they miss the whole point of why they're there in the first place to celebrate with the bridegroom. And now as I think about those foolish bridesmaids, I think maybe I'm a little more like them. Because even if I had on my to-do list, if I forgot that oil, rather than facing the embarrassment of not looking prepared, of not looking like I have it all together, I probably would have run off and got the oil too. The foolish bridesmaids, and often we, can get so focused on making things that aren't the main thing, the main thing. We can get so focused on all the other things going on, we forget to be aware of Jesus at work in our lives. The bridesmaids aren't just there for their oil. They're there for their presence, to celebrate with the bridegroom. God values you as you are. When you have it all together and when you don't, and then he invites us to do that for each other in this community of faith. One more word from Debbie Thomas. She writes, perhaps the lesson of this parable is, don't allow your fear or your sense of inadequacy to keep you away. Be willing to show up as you are. Complicated, disheveled, half-lit, and half-baked, the groom delights in you, not in your lamp. Your light doesn't have to dazzle. God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. Your half-empty flask of oil isn't the point. You are, so stay. And I think that's beautiful and focuses us on what God thinks is important, which is relationship with each and every one of us as we are. And then for us to have high quality of relationship with each other in this community. Now, when we get to the end of the parable, it's a little disconcerting. The bridesmaids get locked out of the wedding banquet. They can't get in. The door is shut. And yet, when we look around at our world, how many in our world today feel shut out in the night? How many are longing for light or joy or peace across the world or in our own community? The thing is, if we look at the larger gospel, Jesus also ends up being the one shut out by the people around him. The one sentenced to death on a tree on the cross, which according to all the Old Testament scriptures means you are cursed. Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree on a cross. Jesus took on that curse for all the wise and the foolish ones of the world. 
he experienced the worst that this world can do, violence, suffering, and death, so that he could be one with all those who are experiencing those same things, violence, suffering, and death across our world right now. He remains the light of the world for those who are celebrating and a light for those who are frantic and despairing and shut out in the night. Now, like the bridesmaids in this parable, we too wait. We wait to see Jesus at work in our lives. We wait for that day when Jesus will finally come to earth again. But as we wait, may we seek to focus on what really has value, on what gives life purpose and meaning today, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the way of life to which he calls us. Thanks be to God. Amen.